Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. This is Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. So now that we know James is here, should we keep talking about him, Alex? So I want everybody <laughs> to know what just happened. <laughs> we are now using we are now using a service called StreamYard to look at each other while we do this. And with the, with with the view of one day having this be a video podcast. Yeah, we we're now at a point. We're now at a point we can do it. I got to find out if if we are if we're allowed with Sirius. Oh, great point. It's a great point. But I mean, like we've got a little video thing. Our little logos up in the corner, which is pretty trick. I just noticed that. Well done, it's Tim. Cool. It's I was just so, trying to cover up as much of Alex's screen as possible. <laughs> so. <laughs> Tim is the is the gatekeeper of this new technology and you have to be let into the room. So I hit the link and was waiting patiently, quote unquote, backstage, as it's called, while Alex and Tim were already there. And I could see them, but Tim was on his phone, much as he is right now, and was not paying attention to the fact that I was here ahead of time early and started <laughs> saying things like, all right, James, where are you? Come on, it's 1.30. <laughs> Meanwhile, I was sitting here screaming at my computer, I'm right here. And he just, all you had to do was look up, and I was waiting. So, but I will also say the way in which the microphone is set up, it covers exactly the third person who comes in. Sounds so like I, I would have to have done this. Yeah, no, it was my bad. At least it didn't get worse. I was like actually, least, I almost you, didn't text you because I wanted you to see done anything yeah, and see to, what he would have done. I wanted to see where else it was going to go. But unfortunately, he eventually looked up and and saw I was there, so ruined it. Yeah. That's the thing and with technology, is... guys. I mean, you can't even you can't even really talk anymore. Like, it's a slippery slope. No, it's a slippery, slippery slope. slope. Yeah. Well, at least that's not the worst thing to have happened to you this week. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Yeah, it's fair. Monday was fine. Uh, yeah, but Sunday's part of the week, Alex. Sunday is the first day of the week. I I I don't subscribe to that philosophy. You don't subscribe to the Gregorian calendar. No, correct. I go Monday Monday to Sunday. I'm with Alex (laughs) on this one. I'm actually with Alex on this one because everybody talks about. Well, maybe, but every you know everyone talks about how like you know Monday is the start of the week. It's oh the case of the Mondays. Like everyone's happy on Monday's the start of the work week. It's Sunday fun day. So right. yeah, it's your ease into the week. You have one day to relax and then you start no. the work week. No, 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 because because let me tell you why you're wrong, Tim. Oh, seventh, uh, just look at a calendar and no, see why I'm right. On the seventh day, God <laughs> rested. Okay. On the seventh day, which is Sunday, which is God's day when everyone goes to church on Sunday. On the seventh day, God rested. It's true. So and that's pretty the that's first day compelling argument would be um, yeah so i, I want to say that god's been around longer than gregory or whoever made that other calendar and also talking about. also chick-fil-a definitely subscribes to the fact that the seventh day is sunday because okay it's you had me at the seventh day thing you lost me at chick-fil-a because yeah I'm, I'm still very mad at chick-fil-a for it's not literally being the same logic they're closed on day because it's the seventh day i can say and i understand why they're closed on sunday but I can say 
with quite a high degree of confidence that conservatively 80% of the times that I've been like, man, you know what I could just, I could really just crush right now is a Chick-fil-A sandwich has been. It's always Sunday. It's always Sunday. You're very rarely hung over on a Friday. You don't know That's my life. That's not necessarily true. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're more likely to be hung over on a Sunday than you are on a But week. equally on a Saturday and not really. It always like Friday's still a day, like Friday's still a work day. Yeah, right? but Friday night but, it's still a I understand. But like you at least me, I'm well I I would say my percentage of of having heavy drinking evenings would be more biased to Saturday than a Friday. Yeah, that's probably true. But that's we also created Brunner on a Saturday. Yeah, well, and you guys also Sunday. And most of uh-huh. your work is on Sundays, so that also throws it off. Yeah. So that's true. basically, Tim, you're wrong. Well, by that, I mean by that account, then like Tuesday would be the or Wednesday would be the start of the week because we need two days off after our work weekends. Yeah. On that's Sunday. That's what I'm that's that's the the Hinchcliffian calendar. It starts on Wednesdays. I mean, <laughs> why not? Everybody else is doing weird stuff. Let's go for it. Well, let's hold so, on. Let's we should backtrack first because we had our uh, always gracious and phenomenal guest John Green on last week, and uh, we totally man, skipped that over. That it was fun, guys. I had, I had fun. an inordinate amount of people come up to me during this past weekend at St. Pete, talking about the podcast. We, there were a lot of people that apparently actually listened to this show. I don't buy it. I am surprised too. I'm surprised too. But I was, yeah, I had multiple people talk <laughs> to me about either reference. I had a guy come to me at the airport and he was like, now, can I ask you a question? I was like, sure. He goes, did Alex really not tell you and Tim that Kelly got hit by a car? <laughs> and by the way, no, he didn't. He that was sure our genuine, that was how we found out. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, but so, yes, so we totally brushed over Barber, which we said we would get back to. So we should get back to it. Alex, I was having very high hopes for you to leave there with a big smile on your face after qualifying because you made it on the front row of your least liked track. And that must have been neat for like 12 hours. Why? <laughs> well, because like you, you tamed the beast. No, that doesn't mean I enjoyed it. Yeah, I guess <sighs> enjoying like success. Yeah, I guess enjoying success no. is not something that. <laughs> no, it's not. Like, it's, yeah, like the car was good and like we could. Was it a relief? And- did you feel marginally better about the play? Well, you liked it better after the repave anyway. I did like it better through the repave. And I'd say that carried forward through the rest of the weekend, but I didn't leave there happier or less happy on Sunday than I did on Friday coming in. Well, yeah, really mean one. Mr. Like Grinch. I still don't like it. Um, <laughs> it was it was a it was a good weekend for us from the kind of car performance standpoint. Uh, so that I think that was the biggest relief was the fact that as, as, a, as a team, we didn't seem to struggle as much there as we have in the past. And a lot of the stuff that we learned in whenever we tested there in October kind of carried over. So that was, that was positive. Um, it didn't net us really anything in the race because we um, just chose the wrong path. We just went down, you know, how there's a Y in the road. Yes. And you can go one of two ways. 
Yes. We just went the wrong way, James. And that's you know, sometimes that's the way it goes. You you took the one less winning. I took the road it was not only less traveled, but the one that was less successful. Hey, it's all right. In qualifying, I took the gravel road, which ended in a dead end. So I also took some wrong roads that weekend. And and that made all the difference. It well, it didn't help. It didn't help. I was then, just finishing the Robert Frost. Oh, yeah. You would. You would do that. So so I mean, yeah, Bar- Barbara was not big word guy. Any of us, right? James, like you. No, not particularly. Just a weekend. Yeah. Well, yeah. Half the cars were eliminated uh, on corner four, and you took a less traveled path. I had a malfunction in pit lane that cost me several seconds. Not our fault. Nothing that nothing that we could control, unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on how you look at it. But yeah, weird, uh, weird day. But it happens. And then we packed up and we went to St. Pete. And where everything was to the traditional where everything went so smoothly. (laughs) Well, (laughs) we'll open with congrats to Colton because that was a very good performance all weekend. Pole won the race, walked away with it. Good good job. Go team. Uh it was nice being back at St. Pete. I do like that event. And you know what's funny? And we were talking about this this morning in the gym. I had way more people reach out to be like, say, hey, good luck this weekend. And hey, glad you're back full time, blah, blah, blah. Like all these things. And I'm like, kind of the first couple were like, oh, that's kind of a weird message to send now. And then I kind of realized that I think a lot of people still thought that St. Pete was the first race of the season. <laughs> oh, but, they just didn't realize Barber had happened. Yeah, they just, they're just like, oh, I always know St. <laughs> Pete's the first race. And so they hadn't really paid attention to the fact that Barber had already happened a week before. The TV ratings would confirm that, James. Yeah, I would. Uh, I also think that did have an effect on the significant increase in TV ratings from last week to this week. Yeah, it uh, is so, interesting how that works. Yeah. How um, many yeah. people do you think know we're racing next week? Fewer than knew we were racing this week. Correct. You guys are racing in Texas? We are yes. doing Texas. It is the, okay. It's a double header, starting with Genesis 300. You're very welcome. Thank you, Genesis, for being tremendous supporters of the series. And myself and Andretti Steinbrenner Autosport. Plug, plug. Yes, you guys, uh, you guys have any interest in podcasts? It, it's it's followed up with <laughs> the Expel 375, but yeah, very confused how we the, get from 300 to 375 distances. when yes. it's like a 13 lap difference. I get the difference between Genesis and Expel because Genesis is starting and then Expel is just, you know, you're done. It, Get interesting. Out. That's an interesting way to look at that. <laughs> I don't okay. think that's how they came to those uh, things, nope. but the fact that they are different distances is a little peculiar. And by, but by like seventy-five units, you I, miles. Well, is it is it well, kilometers? No, it's, it's not so. It's not miles. It's and it's not kilometers either. No, parsecs, fathoms, <laughs> leagues. Maybe it's a league. <laughs> Yeah, the expel three seventy five leagues over the sea. It, right. it, used to be, it used to be the the whatever Texas Motor Speedway six hundred because they right. do kilometers and it was Correct. right after the five hundred and everything's right. bigger in Texas. They were trying to like use that. Right. Yes, but this isn't any of that. I don't. So I really don't yeah. understand. <laughs> I don't understand why we did that. I also don't understand. Um, why they have to be different distances. 
well, well, at least there's two good racing well, lanes. I think I think they have to be different distances because I think the fuel. I think like one's going to be like a fuel race, and the other one one's not. a three stopper, one's a four stopper kind of thing. Something like that. Yeah. Right. Okay. Which kind of makes right. sense. Yeah. Okay. I'll give them that. Dynamics. I like that. I think that's cool. But, okay. So then, as a driver, Alex, what do you think about maybe doing the longer one first? Oh, much so that way. Much, yeah. So it should be the Genesis 375, and then. <laughs> Yeah, Wait, so why why is that? It, why is least, that? At least, James, we're doing the longer one earlier in the day. Second. When it's hotter. It's be ho- second. Hotter. Okay, I understand why you would want to do the longer one at night when it's colder, but why would you want to do the longer one first? Because then you have so we're gonna be tired and dehydrated after a race in Texas. You'd rather have more time like more prep for the longer one and then 24 hours prep for a shorter distance. Okay, I guess that makes sense. I would think like you'd wanna I don't know. Yeah. Okay. No, that makes sense. If you have to do a hundred meter dash and a 50 meter dash, you're going to want to do the 50 meter dash second. All right. So you got this to look forward to. I mean, do you guys want to recap St. Pete at all or St. Pete was great. Honestly, <laughs> St. Pete was fine. Um, it's very interesting. The, how do I put this? And, and some of this may be Tim, did you watch the broadcast? I did. Okay. So can you explain, because I, I don't watch IndyCar races much like I don't really. Well, you, you're usually a little busy when they're on. Um, no, but like, I don't watch replays. DVR was invented like 20 years ago, but yeah. I watch like the highlights, but I I never sit down and watch the race. So there, there must've been something that happened, um, on the broadcast for people to get the impression that I was driving around for 80 odd lap, well, 70 odd laps, losing my <laughs> because the amount of messages and comments that I got regarding how I need to stop being so emotional was phenomenal because like the incident with Graham happened, like it took me a while to get in reverse. I didn't say anything on the radio. I said, yeah, no, I'm, I'm coming in. And then I didn't actually like it was fine. Like I wasn't actually that mad. Like I was disappointed, but there was no anger whatsoever. And then afterwards I did the interview and I was like, yeah, it was, it was one of those things. Like we were going for the same piece of track. And I, if I had had a known, I had had a flat, I wouldn't have driven Graham to turn five. And it sucks that he was kind of caught up in that too. And it was just a bad situation and it's unlucky, but like him and I are cool yet. People are like, you need to get your together and calm down or else you're going to keep doing this. And I was like, I, what? (laughs) I feel like it's because, and, huh? and they they toned it down a little bit in the race, to be honest. But there's always like this obsession that Paul Tracy seems to have with how angry Rossi drives. Yeah, Alex is driving angry. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, oh, you don't want to, you don't want to be in front of angry Alexander Rossi and that kind of thing. And like, I don't think I've ever seen you emotional at all at a racetrack, no, no like once. happy it or sad. In yeah, 2019. And it it looked but, like it was a first time for you too. Very mad. <laughs> like, you, you're like, is this what mouths do? I don't. Eh. <laughs> like, so, so it's it's very strange to me because I thought that I was incredibly calm considering the situation, and honestly, wasn't that affected by it. Um, and the 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 internet as I mean, James has his own internet stories. Oh yeah, we're sure gonna do that next. Um, <laughs> just is seemingly getting more opinionated. 
Which is fine. I guess that means people care and people are watching. Like so something great. I somebody sent me something else. I forgot to send this to you, but you just reminded me of it. They sent me, hold on, let me see if I can find it here. It was like a meme or no, it was a tweet. It was a screenshot of a tweet that may have even been replied to you. So you may have seen this, but it's 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 a fan on Twitter who's who says like in quotes, we want drivers who aren't robots. And then it's like, says anything. Oh my God, you're better than this. You know, it's like, <laughs> they, they want to see emotion. They want to talk to the drivers right after the races. They don't want them to just be PR machines and spitting out sponsor names, whatever. But then you say anything that's other than that. And it's like, oh, come on. You're a, you're a, you're a role model. You're, you know, you should do, you should be better at this, that, and the other. It's like, uh, but that's my, but point. I think his point I, is I, he I didn't say anything. I didn't that. say right. anything. <laughs> so that, that's why the guy says, says anything. And there's going to be, <laughs> somebody on twitter offended by it like it's amazing the cesspool that twitter has but become. I, I legitimately could have said like i encourage what graham did and people would still think i was angry correct but it's it's how you said it yeah you were smiling so people knew something was up they knew that that oh, was not right and that's you were just <laughs> Yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's so, it sucks because there's so much. There are a lot of nice people on Twitter and on the the social mediums, but there's like that two percent that just like everything in life ruin it for everybody 20. else. There's like yeah, there's like there can be one or two people per you know post that reply that just make you that bring down the whole thing, right? You could have oh, three hundred positive comments, and then you, there's like that one. <laughs> hey, James, I mean. Uh, to, to summarize my race for those that didn't watch, uh, started 11th after a uh, bad issue and qualifying. qualifying, yeah, issue and qualifying, and then um, had a good start, and then had yeah, a great, great start, kind of had great a good start. kind of like strategy and, and did the overcut. And we were actually racing Graham for fourth at the time, and, and things were good. And um, yeah contact happens and, and life happens and sometimes you get the the bad end of it and and that's okay um car was good colton won obviously so so team was good um we left there pretty much last in points you and i and ryan are kind of fighting for last yeah we points, are which is uh, a scenario um <laughs> but it is life and we are going on to texas so james tell us about your saint pete so my saint pete was i had a lot of parallels alex a lot of parallels um, started right beside you in 12th place uh, and had an okay start. I actually got a really good start around the outside of turn one and then got balked in turn two. I think somebody like cut Dixon off or something. I think he was in front of me. I forget. Anyway, I kind of ended up coming out exactly where I'd gone in, even though we'd made some spots up and one we lost them in two. And we were kind of driving around and, and doing our race. Um, and then shortly after a restart, I think uh, Takuma tried to make a move down into turn one. I left him a lot of room. As you know, the inside of turn one was not very grippy on the brakes and uh, went in there being like, all right, I'm going to outbreak him and hang it on the outside. I'd seen a lot of guys in all the different junior categories and whatever do that same move event free uh, up to that point. But Takuma got in a little hot. We got into each other. And honestly, usually like, whatever, no harm, no foul. It's, it's tough to pass in this series. And so you gotta, you gotta take some chances sometimes. And you know, a little bit of contact side to side is not the end of the world, but it, it cut our tire and you know, I had to drive an entire lap of the flat tire, ended up a lap down. And that's just, that's just kind of your race in a nutshell, right? Without, uh, 
the caution time the right way or anything to get it back. Um, you know, it just sort of end, just sort of ended our day. We just pound around at the back, saving fuel for the rest of the day. So that was that was unfortunate. Got a lot of good fuel saving practice, which you know always comes in handy in IndyCar. Uh, but yeah, there was definitely some differing opinions on what happened in turn one, and that's fine. That's racing. I love that. <laughs> I don't. What I always... don't love when people try to make it something it's not, which definitely happened a little bit. But <laughs> but yeah, I mean, look, it is what it is, and like, I don't, I don't, like, I wasn't like, I didn't get out of the car kicking and screaming. I didn't like storm down to his pit and try to fight him. Like it was, it was kind of a racing deal. But yeah, I definitely was going to put more of the more of the impetus on him as the guy coming sideways into the corner, but. What always gets me about that is, you know, you'll you'll have you know Diffie and and Tracy watching it and Townsend watching it, and and whatever they give is their initial impressions when they immediately see it the first time. Everybody clings to as if that's like yeah. that's gospel. that's it. So that's did they the did they imply that James did something? Yeah, I, I think I think Tracy said, oh, you know, I don't know, that looked like a race, but but at first look, I think that was more on Hinch, and then that was like that there was a switch. And everyone's like, yep, James's fault. Well, and and I, I was I watching would, it. Would, At least my thought was, what was how was Takuma gonna stop if James's car wasn't there? You know, did he have enough he didn't have enough room to brake without bumping into you there? Yeah. So so I agree with that completely because what I'm gathering is people thought that I just decided not to turn in turn five because I was yeah. up. Right. Right, but yeah, and I think the consensus race car driver, so he should understand how a flat tire works. Well, but again, in in their in their defense, this is before they've watched all the replays. This is like their immediate response. As soon as they see it, they they'll they'll just talk because that's what they're paid to do. Yeah, I it it wasn't that clear from the broadcast. Yeah, it wasn't immediately apparent. Yeah, when you watch the replay initially, you don't know that. And like it's like you didn't know initially, and that's why you turned into turn five, right? (laughs) Yeah, so, so that is- <laughs> and they and they rarely go back. It's not like they print retractions, right? Because the race is still happening. So sometimes right. they'll go back and watch uh, on the replay, and they'll be like, "Oh, I missed people that." People need to learn to think for themselves, though. This is 2021. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, that's why NBC pays people to do their thinking for them. Mm, that's true. NBC, that is true. <laughs> the worst. <laughs> the worst. I know. Well, I, I, it's not a comment on NBC at all. That was, I was <laughs> making a joke. We we love the Peacock. We sure do. We sure do. <laughs> and the assorted talent they hire to cover the IndyCar races. But yeah, it's a good point. I mean, there's, I mean, yeah, because what, yeah, once it's out there, it's just easy for people to, especially people that weren't watching it, but were maybe just following along online. And so they see like the first reaction to something that someone else posts before further analysis or further replays or whatever. And that just like perpetuates that part of the conversation. I mean, I'll be honest, like when I first saw it and I kind of thought eh, that, that, that may have been Hinch's fault. And then they showed the replay. It was like, nope, very clearly not. <laughs> no, I mean, I'll, like I said, I'll give it, you know, I'll give it tough racing for sure. And had I had he just had he just bumped into me and gotten by, you know, whatever. But IndyCar used this term needle of responsibility when talking about contact and things like that. And one of the things they look for is how did each party's race end up from that point on? So if I just been bumped out of the way and lost one spot, like whatever, man, that's racing. I get it. And, but because I, because essentially my day was, my day was over and his carried on merrily down the road. I think. Which does seem to happen a lot with, with him. you, You said it. I mean, you're a casual observer and you know, but 
the, the point is, is that IndyCar has, you know, kind of used this needle responsibility term and been like, oh yeah, well, if one guy comes out way worse, there's probably more likely to be a penalty, but then there's no penalty. So like, where do they draw that line? I don't care. I'm not saying you should penalize people for, you know, racing hard. Like, like I said, if we don't cut a tire, it's a totally different story, but there was more responsibility on him and my race ended up over. Should there have been a penalty? I guess. I don't know. I can't wait to see the comments that say like that fairly well thought out and diplomatic response was just whining. Because sure. that's, that's also how the internet works. So this, this gets into a different point that I want to bring up, which is kind of what you guys were touching on earlier, which is like, everybody talks about how they don't want the, you know, the F1 PR guy. They don't want just the robotic thing, but then you do get really slammed whenever there is an honest response. So like, you know, I've been in the, I've been in the buses with you guys after a race and I've seen how, you know, you come up with the different responses and all that, but sometimes you get out of a car and somebody shoves a microphone in your face and you just say, that's adorable, you know, or like sometimes you do tweet something that maybe is, is throwing a little shade at somebody. So how, how do you guys walk that line after a race when, you know, you had a all day and you know, you know what you're supposed to do, you know what you're supposed to say. And then how do you balance that with what you really want to say? I'm just glad we can say on this show now. <laughs> oh, I, I still bleep it because I oh. just, and by the way, I purely bleep it because I think a bleep is funnier. That's fair. That's fair. Um, honestly, I think, I think we're all like, we're all pretty experienced and grown up enough now to know that the last thing you should do is like run to your phone and jump on Twitter right after a bad race or right after something happens. Some of us. <laughs> <laughs> no. And, and I think we all are surrounded by like groups of people that know when that's potentially a concern. And we have a voice of reason, you know, with us at all times, once we get out of the car to make sure that you don't do something silly, but also like, I mean, it, it doesn't matter. Like that's what I've come to. It, it doesn't matter. Like <laughs> you could tweet something nice. You could tweet something mean. It, it, it doesn't matter. Like nothing. Quite, nothing quite honestly, as long as you don't say anything that's related to um, nudity or political <laughs> views, you can really say whatever you want and it's going to be quite fine. And, well, and, just never blame you, the pit crew. <laughs> uh, or No, sometimes or you, just, you need to. But like, or you just you just say nothing sometimes, right? Because it, because it, it doesn't matter. Like no matter what you say, there'll be people on your side. There'll be people on the other side, and it it doesn't matter. Nothing matters on social media for the most part when it comes to that sort of stuff. <laughs> the real so, nihilist approach. Well, that well that yeah. The, the <laughs> James Hitchcliffe like, here to remind you that we're all gonna die. Correct. Uh, <laughs> but the 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 harder ones, yeah, is is like the microphone when they come up to you. And, and for the TV broadcast, because that's very in the moment. It is sometimes right after you've gotten out of the car or, or the medical center. And that one's definitely more of a challenge, but it just, it just comes with experience. I think, I mean, I know I've probably, I mean, I know I've definitely said stuff that I probably shouldn't have. Um, nothing that I really regretted afterwards though. Oh God, me all the time. Just constant yeah, no. stream of well, no, stuff. I say it. I just don't. Do <laughs> I mean, I had I had one photo shoot, maybe in hindsight I shouldn't have, but other than that, <laughs> it all worked out. Uh, yeah, so no, I, actually, I don't regret it. I don't regret it. It was a terrific move. <laughs> in the oh. long run, um, 
so yeah, that's that that is a big that is a big challenge, Tim. It is a big part of of being an athlete, you know, and being in that position. Uh, and yeah, it's it, it is tough because yeah. But let's be clear, like I I don't want to harp on this for too much longer, but like you say, it's all part of being an athlete. But it's part of being an athlete where you are not like not that relevant. Meaning, you know, we are smaller than the brands. Yes. And we are smaller than the series. So we have to be very calculated with what we say. Clearly, LeBron James doesn't. Clearly, right. someone like Lewis Tom Hamilton Brady doesn't. doesn't. Tom yeah. Brady doesn't. Um, so it, it is interesting. You get to a point to where you're a voice and opinion, regardless of, of how confrontational it may or may not be, is actually kind of um, looked up to and appreciated, which is yeah. wild. To think about, mm. you could actually get to the point where you're bigger than your sponsors, and they're like, "Well, we need him more than he needs us, so I guess we'll let that one slide." Type thing, which is pretty is there crazy. anybody in any car who's at that point right now? No, not even close. I didn't the think only, so. I'm, the, the only, only guy, person in racing I can think of is Hamilton. The oh, well, and but and well, and Lewis doesn't really. Push. Yeah, I was gonna say Lewis doesn't really push it that. Like, I'm not in that saying way. he pushes it. I'm just saying the only person I can think of who's big enough right. to be able to right would be Kyle's. Him. Kyle's the only guy that pushes that limit. And I mean, there's like, I've been, I've seen group chats and messages come around with like clips of interviews of his where everyone, like all drivers. And we're just like, how does Kyle he Bush? do that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We're like, how does he get away with saying that? Like if we said something like that, we'd be dropped instantly. <clears throat> and it's so like, he's kind of had that power in the past. He did. I'm pretty sure he get his wings clipped a little bit last year he made some comment about like, why are we even showing up to these races? We're not going to make the chase or we're not going to advance or whatever it was. And I, you know, he put out a, put out an apology kind of message, which was sort of a first, I think for, for that camp, but he's the only other guy that really <clears throat> has done that. And, you know, not really had a lot of blowback or repercussions from it, from a sponsor standpoint. Yeah. It's gotta be, it's, it's it a short interesting- list, right? Like there's, there's, I mean, we say LeBron, we say, Tom Brady and you know whoever else, but there's 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 what twelve hundred fifteen hundred players in the NFL. It's a, it's a short list of guys that can do that. Same yeah. number, you know, and it's a very small number of people that are at that level. The other well, one in I, racing that can do it is Paul Tracy, believe it or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that is true. But he's putting his driving shoes back on in the SRX series. Yeah, the SRX series. So well, I guess. If- I guess for for driving it's different too because at every level of driving essentially you guys have to have sponsors, right? Like if, if you're if you're a basketball player, like okay, you have to be cognizant of it when you're playing college ball, and then you're theoretically the next step is the the NBA, right? Like you're you you learn to be cognizant there, but you're not doing it the entire way up your career, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah. College ball, as long as you don't like accept any gifts from anybody, you're pretty much good. Yeah. You know. But <clears throat> well, yeah, right right from the get-go. So not to not to switch gears too much, because I do think this is interesting, but we're two races in. I mean, it's I, I always get annoyed when people try to like read the tea leaves for a full season, two races in, but is there anything to really be concerned with yet, or is it just keep your head down and do the work i think i think it's shaping up to be a wicked season because if you look at the points 
Um, where did Polo finish in St. Pete? Like 10? 16th, I think. 16th. Yeah. Okay. So the guy leading the points has won and finished 16th. Colton's fourth in points with a win and like a last, like DFL. 20, yeah, 22nd or whatever. So the it has been such a such a mixed up grid and such a different finishing over those first two races. You know, it wasn't like last year when Scott won the first four in a row and really kind of set Three, him. Calm down. Four. Oh, Pillow, Pillow got 17th, by the way. 17. He won Texas. Texas. St. Pete, NDGP. Nope. That's it. Okay, well, St. Pete yeah. wasn't the second race last year. It was the last race last year. Texas, he won NDGP, NDGP, Texas, NDGP, Road America. So three. No, he won four. No, he didn't. He sure did. Oh, he no, sorry, win. sorry, sorry. Ganassi won four because Felix won the other Road America race. Sorry, mm-hmm. that's what I was thinking. That's what I was thinking. You're right. I apologize. <laughs> um, but yes, it's not been that. Like I said, your points leader has finished first and 17th in the two first races. Mm-hmm. And so, like, well, I mean, that's why I feel feel good. I mean, I finished ninth and twentieth, so yeah, you're like <laughs> pretty much there. Yeah, I mean, it, it I mean, yeah, kind of, yeah. <laughs> He's averaging eight and a half. You're averaging uh, fourteen and a half. Fourteen and a half. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right Pretty so much to do much do about nothing so but no so i don't think there's anything you can read into it other than i think it's going to be a really competitive season and you're going to see stuff i mean stuff's going to mellow out right we have two data points it's not a lot you can't really make trends out of that mm-hmm. but, um i think we've seen a lot of different drivers be quick we've seen a lot of different guys in the two different fast sixes you know we've seen you know good results from a couple of different people, bad results from people on different weekends. So like, I don't know. I, I think it's shaping up to be a pretty exciting season in that sense. All right. So what's, what are the big things going into Texas? What are you looking for? I mean, second I, I, lane, <laughs> second lane. I mean, what's, I don't even, I haven't looked at the schedule at all yet. Do you have a little more practice than usual going in on this or is it less, less than usual? Okay. So kind less of the same practice, deal. Less tires. Yeah. It's going to be really, really tough because of the double header and the two different distances, especially with the entire allotment that we've been given, you know, you've got to plan for worst case scenario for both races. So you essentially mm-hmm. need an extra set. You need to count on an extra set for compared to like what the minimum required to make the stops or whatever. And then that leaves us one set for qualifying. And I think that leaves us two sets for the one practice session that we have. Are they doing the qualifying thing where you qualify for both races at the same time? I yeah. do kind of like that. I like that too. I've always been a fan of that. Is it a park for May race, Alex? Do you know? It is, James. Oh, good. So qualifying will be very uneventful. <laughs> very. Um, Wait, uh, what does that mean? I didn't. I didn't catch that. Well, park for May means that you can't touch the car uh, after qualifying going into the race. So everyone. Oh, I hate that. On a race setup, and with the added downforce. Qualifying is pretty easy. Um, so yeah, what's the min- what's the logic behind that? There isn't one, Jay Tim. There there really isn't. Yeah, I've they never justify that. it. They justify it by saying they don't want crews to have to work a lot to like switch the cars around. Which fair, but let's be honest: changing front and rear wing angles and maybe screwing a part on or off in the three hours that they have between qualifying and the race, they can handle it. 
Yeah. Like I understand they don't want people to change wheelbases and geometries and stuff like that, but like you can change your wing angle. It would be cool to have like a list of approved changes, right? Like arrow changes. You can only make arrow changes, arrow changes, even springs. Like I, you know, those take three minutes to change. So if you wanted to, you know, stiffen up the rear a little bit or something for qualifying the right rear, but yeah, I guess, I guess following that logic though, it's race car teams are known for pushing the envelope. So it's kind of like give a mouse a cookie. Yeah. So just, and that's why, I mean, ultimately it'd be very hard to police. So, so yeah, we qualify the cars pretty much can't be touched. Uh, I think front wing is all you're allowed to change. Uh, And then obviously like tire pressures and and set of tires, but uh, then you heard me race one. You got to start the set. You qualify. Is that true? It is true. Oh, I should probably text my engineer that because he did not think that. At least tire deg <laughs> is not a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, you so, got three or four lanes to choose from, so it'll be fine. Right. So, yeah, <laughs> on, on the way into the it's, event. It's the 405. You got six lanes. Right. <laughs> but so what? what – it makes qualifying really – I mean, frustrating in some ways, but kind of fascinating in the others because the it's going to be very close, obviously, right? The annoying parts are that things like, you know, track temp and gusts of wind and whatever are going to have that much more of an effect than they normally do, which is already, you know, a not insignificant um, effect on, on your speed. But now you're looking for like the smallest stuff. So it's mm-hmm. really going to come down to like who can minimize track distance and minimize your scrub nailing your shifts making sure the gears are perfect like you have to absolutely nail everything well you can't change the gears so no 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 no. (laughs) well yeah yeah that's true actually you got race gears in, don't yeah so the gears are gonna be not ideal garbage yeah i wonder if anybody because it is such a track position race i wonder if you're willing to like like compromise a bit on a so so gassy did do that last year yeah just try and get a good get a good qualifying yeah. spot and then right. hold on to it until you can do your first pit or but james i mean the thing the thing that at least we have going for us is we get to go early in the line oh yeah it's based on points isn't it yeah. oh good so you'll be done quick yeah <laughs> and we'll get to watch ourselves fall to the moon. well <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah that's uh that's you'll be like me just slowly watching yourself fall into mediocrity <laughs> i have tips if you guys need help yeah i'm, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm old hat at this uh all right so for a casual observer because we're about oh, out man. of time but you just for somebody for me i forgot about that <laughs> just Thanks, keep friend. making it better and better yeah so for a casual observer somebody who's just watching the race at home which i want to be clear is not me because i'm going camping this weekend so i'm not going to watch it at all sure. but like what's something somebody's who doesn't know as much or maybe just just casually watching what's what's a big thing they should be looking out for like what's a big indicator for them on how the weekend's going to be going there is there's nothing thing. like there's if, nothing if, if for some if if jesus himself comes down and graces lane two with 20 percent more grip and hallelujah hallelujah ends up making it work in practice then you are going to be in for a hell of an event. And an awesome oh, race. wait. Are you guys still planning your your shenanigans, whatever it was? At this mm. point, I have not a whole lot to lose, so maybe. All but right. Race two. Race yeah, two. There we yeah. go. There we go. All right. All right, all right. <laughs> all right so... Look forward to seeing some Alex Rossi shenanigans in race two. James, you're not you're not doing oh, no. it? Oh, yeah. No, we'll, we'll shake and bake that baby in race two. <laughs> 
It's going to be great. It's going to be great. It probably right. won't be. I mean, it could be great. There's a three to six percent chance it could be great. There's a one percent chance it'll be great. There's I like a those high odds. probability it won't. Yes, that's we'll go with that. <laughs> let's not put numbers on it. You know, I don't like being specific. Yeah, no, racing's not about specificity. No. <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh with that optimism that we Texas. have yeah. going into Texas. It's been a low energy. This has been a low energy episode today. Well, people people are like, oh, these guys aren't going to talk about racing. Oh, these guys. You see what you get when we talk about racing? Yeah, a bunch yeah. of bull- <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, somebody was like, oh, don't worry. They're not going to recap the race. They're going to talk to the president of the brisket council. I saw that which, on Instagram, to which I replied, person. if he's a real person, yes, we will do that. Yeah, because <laughs> like, Alex Alex has questions. You know, he's I do have a questions. smoking Guys, connoisseur. I spent an hour and 20 minutes today trying to find the correct part for my dishwasher. And it was interesting. Like, it was a deep dive into, into dishwasher plates, mechanics, plates, well, dishwasher mechanics. And then I was like, well, maybe I should just buy a new dishwasher because, like, I don't want to spend $80 on this part. I feel like that's not good economic sense. I feel like, yeah, that's baths is not your strong suit. No, but I I don't think people have realized though, is that like, we're going to do whatever the hell we want on here, right? Like we're just going to, we're going to talk to people we want to talk to. Sometimes we're going to talk about racing. Sometimes we're not. We don't care. Life's good. (laughs) We truly don't care. (laughs) I, we love our fans, but we're going to talk about what we want to talk about. Uh, Alex, do you have a pilot's license? Uh, in a brown kind of way, yes. Like, it wouldn't, wouldn't you that feels like that test? shouldn't be a kind of thing. That feels uh, like yeah. you either do no, or don't. My, you know, I passed my test, but I don't have it. Okay. Yet. Right. Okay. Are you allowed to fly or do you need to like physically get your little ID card? I need to get my ID card. Do you smile in your photo or are you not allowed like a real license, like a driver's you, license? There's no photo, which is weird. Oh, that's I mean, weird. It also like feels right. like that should be a thing. Yep. Yeah. I am now yeah. I am now pilot Alexander Rossi. Just go ahead and give me that card and <laughs> off we go. I'll figure it out. So you do have to fly with your driver's license as well. So I guess that's where they uh that's where they get you. Yeah, the old, old FAA. They are sneaky. Let They're not stupid. I, I believe it's pronounced fa. Oh, the Faye. 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 No, but I, I was kind of, I was happy. I got a, um, a, uh, a ninety percent, which I would have liked a bit higher. But I mean, to be honest, it was so you, you had these practice exams that you get, and so there was a couple questions on there that were worded a little weird, and I think those are the ones that probably got me. But like, uh, okay, you can, you can bookmark them, mm-hmm. and so I, I finished all of the normal questions, and I had like couple hours left so i sat there and i was like reviewing them and i was like you know what i'm my opinion is not going to change i guessed on these so right. i'm just going to submit it like i could sit here for three <laughs> hours and i'm not going to have the information so um so yeah that was that but it was it was a lot of uh a lot of work but i'm happy that we're through that and very soon james you and i can go flying i cannot wait i cannot wait let's yeah Go fly. Let's fly. Let's fly away. Yeah. All right. Well, this has been uh, an episode. It is nice to see you all. When we do our next uh, episode, we can talk all about the Stop and Go Foundation Old Hammer bourbon selling fundraiser event that I have roped Alexander into. And he is, oh, he's not thrilled about it. But it's for the charity, so he couldn't say no. Well, he could say well, no, but he I wasn't even given an option to say no. I was, no, I, I, I just got tagged in some social media 
post promoting it, and I saw all of these different packages that's that were offered with my name it. on it. <laughs> and it was like, oh, James. Is, is, that, this- is that surprising? How many times has he done that with this show? Yeah, well, <laughs> but like, yeah, it, it, it might actually defense, requires my presence, right? But when doing that with the show, it required none of us to do anything. This one, yeah, he actually had the guy to that showed up. Yeah. Oh, what? Wait, which one was that? When we did the live show and you had auctioned off a guest oh. spot on the show, it didn't tell us about it until we were there to record it. <laughs> yes, yes, I did do that. He was a wonderful gentleman. It was, he was, a, it was a great guest. Yeah, it, it worked guest. out fine. I don't, yeah. was I we're not 60 minutes, it's fine. Um, yeah, so we did the live show on Carb Day. I don't know. Yeah, whatever. Don't, Alex yeah. doesn't really, he's not really present for most of our recordings. Uh, but yeah, thanks guys for tuning in. Sorry that you tuned in. Hazel, are we keeping you up, honey? <laughs> She's, uh, she doesn't have the, the headphones on, but they're asking, oh. are we keeping you awake? Hi. There she is. <laughs> Don't scratch the microphone. <laughs> oh, yeah, scratch the microphone. Super rude. You guys are my three kids. <laughs> <laughs> On that note. Uh, Have a wonderful week, everyone. We'll talk to you after texting. Thanks so much for listening to Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. Keep in contact with us on Twitter and Instagram. Our handle is at AskOffTrack. Or you can follow us individually. We're at Hinchtown and at Alexander Rossi. If you want to follow Tim, though we have no idea why you would, he's at the Tim Durham. We really need to get that changed to add producer Tim. The music you heard today is by Ryan Dan of Holland Patton Public Library. Off Track with Hinch and Rossi is produced by Tim Durham. And by that I mean Finn. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.